Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. I want to talk with you for just a few minutes today about the Good Samaritan. If you were to list the most famous, most well-known parables of Jesus, I think one of the ones we would have to list would be the parable of the Good Samaritan. Samaritan. It's a powerful story, and it gives us, I think the story of the Good Samaritan kind of gives us what Jesus wants the church to be. It's a suggestive story, and to grasp or to get a handle on the meaning of this story, we need to look at the context in which this story is told. And what's happening here is this starts with a expert of Mosaic law, a lawyer, asking Jesus a question. And if you have your Bibles, pick it up in Luke chapter 10. And I want to share with you this story today. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. It says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But this man, this lawyer, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus this question, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus begins to tell this Parable. We know it as the story of the Good Samaritan. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three, Jesus asked, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hand of robbers. The expert in the law answered, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, you go and do likewise. Let's pray. Jesus, I come before you this morning and I ask you in these next few moments, would you be in this room? God, I believe that today is a special day for our church, a day where we can step up and do something that touches the heart of the Father. And so, God, we ask you today to speak to each of us. And, God, I ask you to stretch us and to stir our hearts and to cause us to respond, cause us to take heart. Give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I want you to see what's happening in this story. This teacher of the law, his goal is he wants to trap Jesus. And he wants to justify his own actions and his own belief. Have any of you ever wanted to justify yourself in front of Jesus? Well, Jesus, here's why I did this. Or, Jesus, I'm better than they are. And so we see this story. So Jesus 
kind of asks this, this guy kind of asks Jesus this question to kind of nitpick about who is my neighbor. And I love what Jesus does. Um, I love these kind of people that they turn the question into another question. Or Jesus begins to ask this man a story or tell him a story about a man who was beaten, who was robbed and left to die. And Jesus tells about this Jewish priest and this Levite who passed the man by. Now the listeners of this story, they would really be shocked and appalled that a Jewish priest and a Jewish Levite did not have compassion on a fellow Jew. This was a Jew that Jesus was talking about. But both of these men go to the opposite side of the street to avoid this injured man. And the listeners of this story, none of them think that the Samaritan would be the good guy. They, Jews and Samaritans, I've talked to you about this in the past at our church, but they, they do not get along. They are not friends. In fact, they are really hated enemies. Jews would go to great lengths to avoid Samaria when traveling. But by making the Samaritan, by saying that the Samaritan is the good guy in this story, I believe Jesus is cutting to the heart of this man's question. Jesus, in essence, because this man has, he's talking, he's an expert in Mosaic law. He understands title. He understands position. He's using a Levite. He's using a priest. And so Jesus is saying, hey, it's not good enough to hold a religious title. Hey, it's, good en- it's not good enough to have a position like the priest or the Levite. It's not good enough just to simply feel misfortune or to feel sorrow at someone or to feel remorse. Jesus is saying, you know, this expert in the law, when he says, who is my neighbor, trying to justify himself, trying to excuse himself, what's happening here is he's trying not really to ask who is my neighbor, he's trying to ask Jesus, who do I not have to serve? Who do I not have to love? That's really what he's asking. Hey, who do you want me to be nice to? He's trying to kind of deal with this. Hey, who do I have to serve? Who do I have to talk to? Who do I do life with? But Jesus uses this story to redirect our thinking. And today that's really my goal with this message. I want to redirect our thinking when it comes to serving. I want to redirect our thinking when it comes to missions. I want to redirect our thinking when it comes to outreach and to serving others. The question is not how do I identify who my neighbor is. Because I believe according to how Jesus looks at it, everyone is our neighbor. The question or what we need to settle in our hearts today is how will we respond on a daily basis to the needs that are presented to us? The question is not who's my neighbor. Everyone's your neighbor. The question is how will you respond every day to the needs that are presented to you. Here's what I've discovered in my own life. It's easy to come to the assistance of a person I like. It's easy to bend down and help my son or my daughter when they're hurting, when they're crying. It's easy to be there and to wrap my arms around somebody that I know, someone that I love, someone that I care about. It's easy to be there for somebody that I know agrees with me. But in my own life, it's not, as always, it's not always as easy to help somebody who has hurt you. 
It's not always easy to help someone who's gossiped about you. It's not always easy to extend a hand to someone who has slandered you. It's not always easy to agree with somebody who maybe, or to help somebody who is maybe on the opposite aisle of politics than you. It's not always easy to love somebody who totally disagrees with how you believe in life and they are contrary to that. It's not always easy to agree or to serve people that we don't know. But that's what Jesus is kind of saying here. It's risky. And Jesus is asking us to have risky love and mercy. And that's what Jesus is asking to in this story. Jesus, if you remember, he's the one who said, I didn't come to help the healthy. I came to help the sick. I came to help those in need. But if we're honest with ourselves, let's say this. If I'm honest with myself, I would have to say more often than not, I probably find myself in the shoes of the Jewish priest or the Jewish Levite. Wanting to help people I agree with. And sometimes maybe looking at people that I struggle with and thinking somebody else can help them. Is there anybody out there that thinks that way sometimes? But a neighbor... A godly neighbor, the kind that Jesus is telling us we need to be, it requires more than simply serving someone we love or agree with. Being the kind of person God wants us to be requires loving people more than just the people we see on a daily basis. Being a neighbor, being the kind of neighbor that God wants, listen to me, is a full-time call. We can't pick and choose. It's not like a buffet line. I like this, I don't like that, I like him, I don't like her, I don't want to serve them, I want to serve... It's eat. Listen, all of us in this room have had somebody hurt us, and the thing we need to do, according to Scripture, is to love them. Jesus says, love your enemy, right? Love your enemy, love the people that you don't agree with. I think we could show the world the kind of church that God is looking for, if we would love our neighbors, if we could love our enemies, if we could love those who persecute us, if we could love those and serve those who hurt us. And the question today is not who is my neighbor. The question I want to ask you today, the question I want to deal with for the next few moments is this. How can I be a better neighbor? How can I be a better neighbor? And the story of the Good Samaritan paints a beautiful picture of what it means to be a better neighbor. And quickly what I want to do for the next couple of moments is talk with you about this. The Samaritan is the unlikely hero in this story. We'll look at him in just a moment. But I really want to take a minute and talk to you about the, the Levite and the priest. Do you know who they represent? They represent the church. They represent us. The, this should be the good guys in the story. This should be the people that people are like, man, look at what they did. Look at how they served this person. This parable tells a story about a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. This road would have been a treacherous, winding road that had robbers and thieves on it. And they rob a guy, as the story tells us, and they leave him, they leave him half dead. And so the next character we see come into this story is this priest, Jesus spends no time describing the priest other than the fact that this man had no compassion. This man had no compassion, no concern, no care. He simply went to the other side of the street to avoid a need. 
If there's anyone who should have known God's love, if there's anyone who should have showed God's love, it would have been the priest. By the very nature of his position, by the very nature of his title, he should have been the one who have compassion and desire to help this person. Unfortunately, there was none of that there. He went to the other side of the street. The next person we see in this story is a Levite. Again, somebody that should understand God's law. Somebody that should understand love and how to serve and love others. But again, you see the church crowd go to the opposite side of the street. And when I read this story, I love the Good Samaritan, but if you want to know the truth, this story bothers me. This story messes with me. Every time I read it, I find myself getting a little bit frustrated. I find myself getting bothered. Because how many times have we in the church avoided the messy? How many times have we in the church gone to the other side of the street to avoid somebody that we don't agree with? We see the hurt, we see the pain, we see the need, and we avoid it. And we have this mentality, instead of do unto others like the, good, like the golden rule says, we have this mentality, I'm going to get you back for what you did to me. Or sadly, just, just let me talk for just a moment here on this. Sadly, too often in the church, what we've been known for, you ask, the, you ask people out there in the world, and they'll say, man, the church is ruthless. The church attacks their own more than we do. And this story bothers me. Because I wonder how many people have been laying on the side of the road asking the church to help them, and we've avoided them. Because if anybody should have been there for this guy, if anybody should have been there, it should have been the church. But today when I look at the Church of America, when I look at Destiny Church, when I look at churches in this area, I, just here's what, I, here's what I see at times. I feel like sometimes we're more concerned about how big we can build our church and getting the right names and the right amount of social media followers rather than getting our hands dirty. Is this okay? Can we talk about this today? It's not, this isn't always easy. But I remember a good friend of mine, Pastor Dino Rizzo, was telling a story one Sunday. He had planted a church, and they had very few people, had very little staff, and they had one bathroom off the lobby. It was a single-hole toilet. And he walked in to go to the bathroom before church started. He noticed the toilet was clogged, and it wasn't clogged with pretty stuff. And he was looking around and thinking, we're getting ready to have people show up at church. What are we going to do about this? And so he stuck his hand in the toilet to get the clog out. But he said that's one of the first times he really heard God speak to him. And he said the Lord just kind of told him, hold your hand there. And he said, as long as you'll keep your hand in the mess of people's lives like this, I'll bless your church. We don't want to stick our hands in people's mess. We don't want to serve others. And hear me, I'm talking to myself. This is not a, a condemning message. This is a message that I really think we need to wake up. If anyone should have helped this other Jewish guy, it should have been the church. That, that, but they didn't want to get involved. They chose to ignore the need. Here, 
It's going to slow me down. It's going to delay my day. It's going to mess with me. It's going to cost me something. I've got other pressing matters to attend. So they keep going. The priests and the Levite, they're honored. They should have done something. They should have had this man's back, but they kept going. They knew what to do, but they didn't do it. But then comes the Good Samaritan. This man was despised. Not only is this man despised, here's what's interesting to me. This was not a Samaritan that's helping a Samaritan. This was a Samaritan that's helping a Jew. The Samaritan could not even worship with this Jew. They couldn't worship in the same temple. They couldn't be around each other. They would avoid each other. But this, this Samaritan was the one who helps the Jew, not the ones from the church. And he took action. And that's my heart's cry for Destiny Church, that we would take action. The Good Samaritan, he didn't avoid the need. He didn't say, this isn't my problem. No, he got involved. He served. And quickly, let me give you three things from this story that I think happened. Three ways to be a better neighbor. You ready for these? Write these down. A better neighbor gets involved. If we want to be a godly neighbor... We have to get involved. Let it never be said of Destiny Church that we don't get involved. Let it never be said. Let it never be said that we're concerned about our four and no more. God forgive us and God have pity on us as Christians if we don't get involved. Let it never, please, let it never be said of you. Let it never be said of me. Let it never be said of this church that we went to the other side of the street to avoid someone in need. Let's be the ones, let's get, let's get involved. But listen to me, let's not only be the ones who get involved, let's be the ones who lead the way in getting involved. Let's lead the way. Yes, serving others, being the bigger person, being the better person, putting your hand in the mess of someone's lives. Listen, it costs us something. It might interrupt our plans. It might inconvenience us. But isn't that what Jesus asks of us as his followers? Isn't that what Jesus came for? Don't you think it interrupted his plans when he came down to get his hands in the mess of our lives? Aren't you glad that Jesus got his hands in your life and took care of your mess? And listen, it's a, it's a cliche sounding statement and it's not one I typically like to use. But some of you, you're the only Jesus that people are ever going to see. If you don't get your hand in their life, who is? If you don't serve them, well, I don't know them. Did it, does anywhere in Scripture does it say, hey, serve people you know? Do you see anywhere where it says, hey, only serve people you love? No, when Jesus even given the Great Commission, he's going to say, go into all the earth, right? Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost ends of the world. A good neighbor gets involved. The second thing I want you to see, a better neighbor, a good neighbor, a godly neighbor meets the need. Check it out. The good Samaritan in this story didn't simply get involved and say, hey, I see a problem. I'm going to pick this guy up and I'm going to take him somewhere and then leave him there and say, hey, this isn't my problem. I did my part. I brought him here. No, he didn't simply get involved just a little bit. He met the need. Check it out. Luke chapter 10, verse 33 from the message translation. It says this. A Samaritan traveling the road came to him. And when he saw the man's condition, listen to this, his heart went out to him. Everybody say that word. Say heart. Say it again. Say heart. His heart went out to him. Destiny Church, our heart has to go out 
to our world. This is the key for us, to be the church that God has called us to be, to be the Christians that God has called us to be. I think we need to have a heart transplant. I think God needs to get a hold of our heart. Our heart has to go out to the lost and the hurting. Continue on with this story. Luke chapter 10, verse 33 and verse 34. So when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. Then listen, he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. When I was reading this story this week, it was kind of comical to me. Here's what I thought. This Samaritan was not like, you know, Jerusalem EMT. This wasn't his job. He, was, he wasn't out paroling the streets. Somebody didn't call 911 and say, hey, there's a man that needs some help. These supplies that he had, he wasn't given them by somebody else. This was, this was probably his supplies for his family. This cost him something. This come out of his budget. This was his. He met the need. Listen to me. Destiny Church, serving others, listen to me, it's going to cost us something. Let me say this, serving others is going to cost you something. It's not free. We can't serve people with just our smile. God bless you, and then move on. Serving others costs us something. It hurts our pocketbooks. It hurts our hands. It, it causes us to get down and serve, get down and lure, love somebody. When I was thinking about this story, I'll never forget the time that I almost died. I'll never forget this time I was thinking of this story and someone served me and took care of my wounds. It was a friend of mine's mom's. I was almost killed. It was tragic. Um, honestly, I'm lucky to be alive today. A man-eating billy goat attacked me when I was a kid. I'll never forget it. Um, it was a treacherous, scary story. I thought I was going to die. No, I was at a friend's house and we were out in this field and... The neighbor had a one-horned billy goat. And this billy goat come at us. And I had never been around a billy goat. I didn't know they were harder-headed than I am. And so this thing is charging at us. And I'm thinking, I got this sucker. And I pick up a stick and I hit that sucker as hard as I can over the head. And it just stares at me. And then it ran and it hit me right under the ribs and lifted me up and kind of threw me. And I'm going to tell you, I was not brave. I cried. I screamed. And I had a little blood. I think I was a little bit like one of my sons. I saw blood and I went into panic mode. I thought I was dying. But you know what? My friend's mom, I'll never forget it. I was thinking about that this week. She bandaged the wound. She took care of me. My parents didn't know anything about it that day. She took care of it. But here's the cool thing. When I got done, she didn't ask me for payment. She didn't say it's going to cost you something. She just served me because I had a need. How many needs do you see that you can just serve someone just by loving them and by being there for them? It costs us something to serve others. She simply met my need because she had compassion. And as Christians, I want to challenge us. Let's serve people who have needs. When you see someone bleeding, when you see someone being attacked by a man-eating, you know, billy goat, serve them. It's, it's, it's scary. It causes panic. No, serve others. And number three, a better neighbor, the kind of person that God wants us to be, goes above and beyond. 
A true follower of Jesus doesn't avoid the need. They meet the need, but not only do they meet the need, they go above and beyond. Listen to this, Luke chapter 10, verse 34 through 35. Then he lifted the man onto his donkey, led him to an inn, made him comfortable, and in the morning he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. Listen here. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. He didn't have to do this. He already did his part. He took him there. Hey, this man needs some moons. No, he went above and beyond. And listen how Jesus ends the story. What do you think? He's asking this teacher of the Mosaic Law. Hey, what do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the scholar said. But listen to what Jesus says here. Go and do the same. What is Jesus saying to Destiny Church today? Go and do the same. Let's be the church that God has called us to be, and let's serve people. Let's love people. Let's get our hands in the mess of people's lives. And I'm not just talking about, well, Pastor, when you do outreaches, I'll be there. Well, that's great. But I'm talking about in your neighborhood, in your world, where you work. Listen to that voice of the Lord and get involved in people's lives. Don't go to the other side of the street. Serve others. Go and do the same. Let's go above and beyond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in these next few minutes, and I ask you to be uh, with us. I ask you to speak to us. I ask you to stir our hearts today. May this be a call of action today. My prayer is, Father, that Destiny Church would always be known as a church that goes above and beyond. That we wouldn't simply show up, but that we would be the church that's always leading the way. But not only would we lead the way, we'd meet the need, and not only would we meet the need, Father, we'd go above and beyond. That's the cry of this church. That's the cry of my heart. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.